Hello and thank you for joining us. This is Lavinia Spirito with Marilyn Nemechek. And this is our second show on the so-called Asbury University Revival slash Awakening. Uh, there are, you know, the theologians who speak about how it's more of an awakening than a revival. And then there are those who say, no, this is more of a revival than more than an awakening. And I'm saying, you know what, I don't care what you call it. It's a, a major sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. And let's make sure that we get what the Lord is putting down. That we pick up what the Holy Spirit is putting down. I have a bit of trivia for you because we happen to be recording this on February the 17th. That is the anniversary of the 25 that headed to the Ark and the Dove Retreat House. Wow, 1967, really? Yeah. Dave Mangan yeah. and Patty Gallagher, really? Yeah, yep. And there was Ooh. an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there. Absolutely. That was a bit of a revival, would you not agree? Oh, gosh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is no respecter of persons, that's for sure. No, not you at know, all. He's no not respecter of buildings or, or, or delicacies or sensitivities or whatever. I found a great reflection by Dr. Timothy Tennant, uh, Thoughts on the Asbury Awakening, which I thought was very interesting. I thought that, you know, the way he kind of framed it. Okay, first of all, if you're just joining us and you didn't follow our last show and you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about how a student chapel at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, that was supposed to conclude last Wednesday morning, so nine days ago, uh, never ended, and that it has actually grown and has gotten legs, and it is being that this service of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has been re has been live streamed. It's been uh, it, there are now two other chapels that are open that you can sit in to kind of soak it all up and it is just uh it's pretty amazing and it is an outpouring of the holy spirit it is it unmistakable is yes it's, it's it's simply amazing it really is so he's so this guy dr Tennant, i thought we had some very good points and this was early on in uh you know he just wrote this like uh you know i don't know three days ago um and i think that what he said is there comes a point when the people of god became tired of causal prayers and moved to the point of desperation, which opens us up in fresh ways to God's surprising work. Hmm. And I think that's kind of what, what that's about. You know, it's that fresh spirit, that fresh fire, that fresh wind, because the Holy Spirit blows wherever he will. And he's not going to blow just because we say, please blow over here, you know. He's always going to be present, and he's always going to come. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, like they've been experiencing in uh, at Asbury, ha is uh, not common. Well, and do you know that it has happened there several times? There's on their website they have one that in February of 1905, during a blizzard, a prayer meeting in the men's dormitory spilled out to the rest of the campus in the town of Wilmore. Um, something happened in 1908, similar to that. In 1921, uh, prayer service lasted for three days. In 1950, went on for 118 hours. It is estimated that 50,000 people found a new experience in Christ as a result of this revival and witness teams that went out from it. This is in February 1950. 
in March 1958, there was a revival for 63 hours that spilled out. Mm. On February 3rd, 1970, that was the last big one there. And um, Dean Custer B. Reynolds, scheduled to speak in chapel, felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. Many on campus have been praying for a spiritual renewal and were now in an expected mood. Soon there was a large group waiting in line to speak. A spirit of powerful revival came upon the congregation. The chapel was filled with rejoicing people. Classes were canceled for a week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. So, you know, that's, they have witnessed this before. Mm -hmm. You know, I can think back to the Acts of the Apostles, right? Yeah. Where the room shook when they yeah. prayed and where the Holy Spirit was poured out. And that's the experience that we're always asking for. Of course, we're not asking for only experience, right? We want to be faithful to the Lord without the bells and the whistles, just because He is who He is. This would fall, I think, classically under the, the headline of consolation, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're going to put an Ignatian category on it. This is a great, vast, gratuitous, unmerited, giant, big gift, right, for people. Right. Consolation. Consolation is where you worship God and you actually feel the presence of God. God allows you to step out and to experience, um, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit, which it, the Holy Spirit is there anyway, right? He doesn't right. need us to feel Him in order for it to be. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Right. right. We don't need exactly. We don't need the experiential, but it's certainly nice, and it seems to open up, and it seems to be the key that opens up people's spirits to conversion, to confession, and to healing. And, and one of the things that we witnessed, and of course we don't, we offer this at, at church you know, after Masses. But the, the only thing that they will do is they will announce that there will be prayer for people on either side of the room and, you know, prayer groups, that sort of thing, and come up if you need prayer. Well, people start leaving their seats like crazy going up mm -hmm. to have prayer for something. Mm -hmm. And it's it's still very quiet, you know, very reverent. But these people are so open to have healing prayers for whatever is going on with them. It, it's, it's, it's something that I wish a lot of people in our parish would, would see because it's the natural progression. And people would come back. I mean, some of the people I witnessed were in tears, mm -hmm. were, you know, visibly shaken by, mm -hmm. by being there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a natural thing to see. And um, and I, I was telling you that this one this one young girl that came in and, and stood next to me, she started singing. I'm telling you, her voice was like an angel's voice. Mm -hmm. And um, you could just tell she, she came by herself. She was just so moved by being there. And people will stand up and sing, and then they'll sit down for a while and mm -hmm. There's an ebb and a flow. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's hard to describe without being there, but it's it's such a miraculous thing to see when you know the Holy Spirit is working mm -hmm. and, and no one's coming up saying, you know, join our church and we're here and we're... No, you are not talking to anyone mm -hmm. unless someone would, would want prayer and you can put your hand on them and pray for them. You know, it, it's just... Um, 
you know, it kind of reminds me of the early church, you know, which is how it, how it should be. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, you know how I, I'm like a broken record. I always say that the circumstances of the early church are back. Yes. You know, we're, we're in a post-Christian society. We, you know, live in a atheistic sort of materialistic consumeristic society, just like the first century. Um, and what did the first century need? It needed a kick in the pants by the Holy Spirit through Pentecost. So I, I stand behind the kick in the pants of the Holy Spirit in the year 2023 to get us off our duffs. Yeah. To, uh, you know, it's so, like I said before, it's not necessary, but it, the fruits are visible. It, it, conversions, repenting, forgiveness, and healing. I mean, those are the hallmarks of a true action of the Holy Spirit, right? Right, and many people do believe that these revivals emerge during times of spiritual and moral decline. Mm -hmm. Like now. Which leads to intense prayer, as mm -hmm. you were mentioning earlier, praying about this, hoping that this would happen. And, and you know, that longing in your heart for revival, sooner or later that prayer is going to be answered, you know? I know. I'm so grateful that, it happened when I'm not too much older, <laughs> that I got I to see it, that I could move, <laughs> and yeah, that I could exactly. walk. You know? Well, you know. and you know, um, I wasn't the old, oldest one there, so I was happy. No, no, right? All ages. You all know what ages. I thought was really cool was um, there was also a pretty strong Hispanic presence. I mean, I heard a lot of people praying in Spanish. There was a family in front of me with like five kids. Oh, wow. Little kids. Wow. Um, you know, uh, of Hispanic, like I could tell I was like sitting in the middle of like a little Hispanic community, which mm -hmm. I think is so cool, you know? Mm -hmm. I, well, I here's think there's going to be a lot coming out of this. Um, and it's, it's continuing. We mm -hmm. don't know exactly when it's going to end. And um, only the Holy Ghost knows. And, and when it ends, that's okay. That'll be the proper timing. Exactly. I mean, I, I heard about it while I was in Florida last weekend, and I was like, please don't let it end until I get there. Please don't let it end until I get there. And I'm driving to, to I was driving to Asbury last Tuesday thinking, please, Lord, don't let it stop right before I get there, you know. We well, got there Tuesday. I got there Wednesday. It was the same way. Let me get out there before it ends. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I feel like I would like to go out there. I'm going to try and go out there this weekend and maybe be part of a prayer team. But I have peace. I've seen it. I, I saw what it was for whatever it's worth. I think it's genuine. I think the the spirit is is genuine. What I like is that that they were this guy David Tennant who wrote this blog on thoughts on the Asbury Awakening on timothytennant.com. He said that this this um that this this revival has the same inner core and outer core as the one in 1970. There is the inner work of God in the lives of the younger generation. And that is the focus of the outpouring. If you go online, yes. the first 10 seats in the front row are, uh, first rows are reserved for students. Mm -hmm. They have nights that are just for students and high school students. They have The focus is an outpouring to the younger generation. And the leadership has wisely reserved the central front section of the chapel for the students themselves, since this is their space. So though the inner core is the youth. But the outer core are the hundreds of people like us who are pouring in from the outside, who are catching this fire and bringing it back to their churches and communities. And both are important. Exactly. That's the, I guess, the point of, of revival. Um, another point regularly observed by those who have been a regular part of these services is a solemnity and peace 
in the various places where this movement has spread around town, the town of Wilmore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we envision revivals as times when people hear fiery sermons and there's big outbursts of emotions. But I'm telling you what, I was kind of expecting something like that, and I didn't see it. I no. saw there a loss of peace, very loud it, worship at sometimes, but then mm-hmm. the ebb and the flow. And you know, you can hear the worship songs when you're standing in line outside. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate because I I was able to sit in the center back behind the students. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, five, six rows behind. Right. But I had a clear view of all of them. Mm-hmm. And as you're there for a period of time, they'll walk up and down the aisles, the volunteers, and say, you know, if you feel you can give up your place for someone else to be able to come in, please do so. Mm-hmm. So you're you're kind of moved. It's time for me to give up my spot so someone yeah. else can come in yeah. and experience this. Yeah. They right. don't shove you in or shove you out saying you've got 20 minutes and then you've got to go. Right. But, you, you know, people were so polite and and. And it, it, the ebb and flow, people just would get up. They knew the time was up, and they would go out, mm-hmm. and other people would come in. And mm-hmm. and um, it was just remarkable, it just because there's no there's no real order to it. It's just flowing, and mm-hmm. certain people are there directing you and everything, but no one's up on stage saying, do this, do that. There's no testimonies coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just allowing people to pray, praise. And absorb the Holy Spirit. Which is so cool. I actually brought my prayer journal with me. And I was able to sit down and journal and, you know, pray silently. And then, like at the ebb and the flow, like then it would ramp up again. Oh, I know all these songs. These are great. You know, and then you stand up and then you sit down, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought that was good. This is uh, continues uh, what uh, Timothy Tennant's blog says. Despite the endless coverage in social media and the regular media, which is calling this a revival, I think that at this point, this is what he says, it is actually an awakening. Only if we see the lasting transformation which shakes the comfortable foundations of the church and truly brings us all to a new, deeper place, can we look back and say, it's been a revival. So, shake the comfortable foundations of the church. Have we been shaken? An awakening is where God begins to stir and awaken people from their spiritual slumber. Yeah, I would say that's definitely the case. This is definitely happening not only in Wilmore, but as this move of God spreads to other schools and communities, I've already heard two or three people say, oh, have you heard Campbellsville University? And then somewhere else, it's like, it's catching. in Tennessee. I'm praying that the charismatic mass tomorrow catches fire. You know, I'm praying that it it, it it jumps the aisle, you know, Mm -hmm. that... As we have seen many, many times before, liturgical celebrations set on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are so amazing. An awakening is where God begins to stir and awaken people from their spiritual slumber. So please, God, awaken us all from spiritual slumber. There are many reports that this is what is happening, but we must keep our hearts and eyes fixed on Jesus and ask Him to complete the work He has begun so that over time there is a lasting transformation in the lives of all. Because if not, it's just like tourism. Right. Ooh, I want to go get the, the you know, Let the me shivers. go on this ride and experience this. Oh, the emotion, you know. Mm-hmm. I think God uses experience because we're made out of flesh as well as spirit. And so experience has a place. Mm-hmm. But the point of experiencing God's consolation has to bear fruit. And then at that point, I think it will be a revival. 
I love it, though, that he's using the word awakening. Mm-hmm. Because, it's an awakening. Yeah. Apparently, I think and the way we've he's heard saying that is, from other people with prophecies saying, God's mm-hmm. going to shake us up. There's mm-hmm. going to be an awakening. Mm-hmm. Well, there was we a prophet. There was a prophet called Bob Jones, a Protestant past, uh, prophet about 20, 30 years ago, who said that, who prophesied that there would be a uh, an awakening and a revival directed at young people. And as soon as that happened, uh, that would open the door to a series of events that would lead to maybe a higher persecution for Christians and and that kind of thing. So I think that's interesting too. Not that, I mean, you know, yeah. we have to weigh prophecy and we have to discern and we have to see and all that stuff. But um, I think that's actually one of the best uh, ways to look at this is to see, mm-hmm. hey, where does this fit in God's uh, ultimate plan? I think... We're not the only ones to think that this might be a dress rehearsal for something serious in the world. You know, what the kinds of things that we've been experienced with COVID and with uh, right. Antifa and with, uh, you know, the woke stuff and um, wars going on. police, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain level of heightened craziness that's been going on. And I think that this is God's answer to that. And it's going to show the people of God how to answer and how to act out of the power of the Holy Spirit and not out of our own moral indignation. Well, he's always going to pre- prepare us and no matter what. So um, we should never have any fear. And, um, you know, hopefully that the awakening will, will touch everybody. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I want. I, I don't want just the group out there. I want it to Absolutely. spread. Yeah, to I spread. Those of us whoever we're with and we share with them, absolutely, they'll be um, changed just by listening to us. Absolutely. Then he continues. We all love mountaintop experiences, but we also know that it must be lived out in the normal rhythms of life. We have to live this into desperation for God to do what what we cannot do. We have to live into transformed relationships. We have to live into new patterns of life and worship. In short, we must embrace what it means to really live as Christians in the midst of a church culture, which has largely domesticated the gospel beyond recognition. Oh, my. Isn't that amazing? Yes. We will know that revival has truly come to us when we are truly changed to live more like at him, at work, at study, at worship, and at witness. That is just amazing. So someday we hope we will look back on these days and thank God that he visited us in ways we will talk about for years to come. But what we are doggedly seeking is not lasting memories, but transform lives long after the lights go out in Hughes Chapel. Wow. He's hit it on the head. Right? Yeah. I thought that distinction between awakening and revival was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're praying, you know, when I think about the things that happened at the Toronto Blessing uh, the people who were commissioned, people who have gone on and had 30 years of ministry, very fruitful. Randy Clark was at Toronto. Mm-hmm. And Randy Clark is a Protestant pastor who um, has collaborated with our own Dr. Mary Healy in the areas of healing, kind of bringing a, a heightened understanding of what healing is, right, and what it right. means. And, um, and he was there, and other people were at Toronto at that first revival in 1992, 1993, including people like Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker oh, is gosh. the missionary yeah. who went, eventually went to Mozambique, uh, basically operating on the impartation and the blessing that she received during this Toronto revival. You know, That's when she heard the message that, that she was to go there. Exactly. Yeah. 
And, you know, yeah, I remember. The Lord wants to give you the country of Mozambique, mm-hmm. you know, and she's been doing amazing things. You could read about her. Uh, she's another Protestant ministry, missionary. So I guess I think one of the takeaways also from this kind of thing is uh, ecumenism, unity, the unity of the body. And I, I've, I've, I've always experienced that in the, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, even from the early days. It was always about unity. It was all about mm-hmm. the things that unify us. Yes, we need to discuss and dialogue and clarify the things that divide us, but so much more unites us and divides us. Exactly. It allows the... It allows God to work within us. Um, you know, Absolutely. We, we have to open up those doors so he can penetrate us in, in exactly what needs to be done. So you all can go to uh, asburyuniversity.asbury.edu slash outpouring to find out more. There's a schedule. It'll tell you uh, what's what's where you could park, what's closed, what's open. Um I think they're going to have a slightly different schedule for the next week because they're going to prioritize the students in the life of the university. It's Friday the 24th that they're changing that schedule. Right. So for another week, if you're hearing this and if you are hearing this afterwards, just know that the prayer, come Holy Spirit, should always come (laughs) with a seatbelt. Yep, exactly. And a crash helmet. (laughs) Right? Perfect. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us.